Hey, hello. It's Ergo, ErgoRadio.com, WHPK885. I'm Kiss. And uh, with the exception of our very special guest uh, today, I'm kind of all alone. Um, Damon is in the uh, in the midst of some organizing and family stuff, and he just can't make it up to the station today. Um, and uh, I feel like I can stretch out. I don't know if you all know this, but Damon and I share a microphone. So like right now, I'm like all over it. I'm, I'm like stretched out like a starfish. It's like uh, it's like how you know how you're when your significant other like goes out of town or whatever, and you have the whole bed to yourself. It's a uh, it's it's a special thing. Um, but I have a very special guest with me here. Uh, for those of you who don't know what we do, each week we showcase strong young voices from Chicago and beyond, a live long-form interview with an artist, writer, organizer, creator, poet, musician, rapper, singer, person reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and the more creative. I definitely have someone who fits that mold of here today, but first, a couple community announcements. Um, first off, uh, the badge ceremony for Asada's Daughters, it's an annual, I guess every six-month uh, ceremony that they do, is this Saturday. It's open to the public, or pardon, it's Friday at 6 p.m. at the Dorchester Co-op, which is 1456 East 70th Street. Uh, you should go through support, learn about all the amazing work they're doing. Um, for I, I, like to, I like to preface my If Not Now announcements with for my, uh, for my Jews out there. Uh, if you're interested in how you can engage with uh, a Jewish community in direct opposition to Israeli occupation, there is an open house, an open meeting conversation with, if not now, Sunday at 11 a.m. at 1424 West Addison. Um, Sunday night at Stage 773 up in Lakeview. A bunch of the people we've had on the show are coming together for the third annual End of Silence uh, put on by the Let Us Breathe Collective. It's a bunch of amazing artists uh, and organizers sharing some joy and some music and some beautiful art. And then the last thing is on Tuesday the 20th at the Poetry Foundation, Ergo alums Nate Marshall and Jamila Woods are reading as part of the Open Door series. And that, I believe that's free. So definitely go through, uh, check that out. I know it's cold. I know it's very, 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 very cold. But uh, get out into the world. It's worth it, I promise. So... As I mentioned, I'm on my own here today. Damon isn't able to make it, uh, but I don't feel on my own. I feel like we can we can hold this down. My guest is a fantastic DJ and space maker and curator and radio maker. Uh, DJ Ray Chardonnay is here. Hey, y'all. <laughs> how uh, how you feeling today? How, as we like to say, uh, how are you treating the world and how is it treating you? Man, I am treating the world with a lot of... <laughs> that was know, quite a pregnant pause there. I know. I like I'm treating the world with a lot of love, care, and like space. Mm -hmm. I'm learning space. Learning about space right now. Let's uh, um, let's jump right in. What do you mean, what do you mean by that? <laughs> um, yeah, I just, you know, I, I conclude and I'm okay with the fact that I need my space mm. a lot of times, you know? I love social environments. I love people, um, but I'm learning boundaries hmm. and space, hmm. like for real. Yeah, that's a tricky thing with what you with what you do. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll get all into that. For those of you who don't know, one, you just haven't been having a good time when you go out if you don't know what Ray does. But Ray is the uh, DJ and one of the co-creators of Party Noir, 
Uh, she also DJs all over the city uh, and teaches radio. Does a whole bunch of stuff. What uh, what what did I what did I leave out? Um, I'm a. I hate to make you introduce yourself. No, so yeah, I do a little bit of everything. Um, I curate events, as you said. I DJ. I am a maker. Like I'm good with my hands, so I can make a lot of stuff. We're talking um, like woodworking here. Mm-hmm. So, so you, everything. You would you be able to make a coffee table? Yeah, absolutely. This is a this is an ergo first here. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, would be able to make a coffee table. What percentage of the furniture in your house did you make? Um, none because I recently relocated and mm-hmm. I got rid of a lot of my furniture before. Wow. So, yeah. so for your, is it the same email for your DJ booking and for your woodworking request? It's requests? all the same, man. It's all the same. <laughs> Hit me up. Promise you I could do it. You need something put together. You guys, an Ikea set that's too loose. Oh, no, no, no. That, I'm no, sorry. I'm that playing. is. Not- <laughs> I'm just like, I'm playing around. I'm playing around. That would be really fun if you're like, yeah, no, I'm good with my hands. I can put together some Ikea stuff. I can put together, some, can put Ikea together stuff, some Ikea sets. Which I can honestly say I've gone to great lengths to avoid having to do in my life. Like, yeah. I will drag a 700 pound desk up three flights of stairs. To not have to deal with the Ikea. Like, wooden madness. pegs fitting. Yeah, no, it just doesn't work for me. It's too much. Um. But yeah, uh, so I have a program that I run called Black Utopia, which is a community engagement series that circulates around many different things, but mostly uh, sound, migration, Mm. and visual art, Mm. um, and community building. So most of the time when I have the program, it features a forum of some sort, a workshop, um, live performance, lots of different stuff. So it's interesting you mentioned space kind of off top because I think of like when I think of all of those things and specifically Party Noir being a very t- intentional space making as a form of both like entertainment and activism mm-hmm. and uh, just like intentional ways of living your life. Yeah. Um, but you don't do it alone. And I, I think I'm mostly thinking about this because Damon isn't here and we do this every week together. But forming these like very close collaborative relationships uh, that are not kind of loosey-goosey, that it's like, no, no, we're building this together from scratch. Right. Um, we've had Lauren on talking about some of the Black Girl and Ohm stuff, um, but the, the three of you, uh, Lauren, Ash, you and Nick Alder, mm-hmm. have built this incredible, beautiful thing together. Um, how, uh, yeah. you ever done anything like that before? Like just with a, with a couple people make something from scratch like that? Not really. And it's kind of magical to, to watch it uh, happen the way that it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just talking to Nick about this the other day, saying how it's mm-hmm. almost like some sort of divine purpose because it, sometimes we're so, we get so blessed with like people that, you know, like, run with us heavy people yeah. that hit us up like hey um we want to uh like come through and be like on y'all team and it's yeah. like cool that's great that's that's what we know that we need but it's also a part of us hoping that we're getting that get, that good karma return yeah and it's a delicate balancing act right because part of what makes it so great and i think this is true in a lot of collaborations is it's you know, it's your it's a job, it's business, but it's not just that. These are also the people, one, who they might be your friends, but even more than that, like a collaborative relationship 
a creative one is it's a, a whole unique beast. kind of relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a whole other beast. How um how was the process of learning how to build that relationship with Lauren and Nick? Like like how did y'all come together? Without we don't have to do the the same thing you always get asked, but like the moments where you're like, oh, we can link up in this way, or yeah. we learn the same way, or stuff like that. Um, I think so. Lauren heard me playing music somewhere and was head over heels about my mix and was like, you got to come DJ a yoga class. Mm. I was like, cool. And I think that we found that connection um, right off the bat. Like she really dug my sound and it was like perfect for her yoga classes. So that's how we really connected. Um, Nick and I, we met through Lauren um, and it's just, I don't know. We, the three of us collectively make a very special team to put together this event. Mm. I literally feel like it can't really be done with, like if either of us really had to get replaced in terms of making it happen. And like, we don't show up and there's a party. There's so much behind the scenes work that a Mm. lot of people don't even really realize. Um, And so I think, like I said, divine purpose, because I really don't, I don't know. We didn't. We haven't known each other for that long. Yeah, and what, it just seems to like fit for the most part. You know what I mean? Were there moments where you had to learn how to make it fit? Like, what are some of it? Because yeah, absolutely. I know in the live there's event always, production yeah, stuff, there's, there's always, always stuff. like some some compromise or some oh no, I don't like that or you know, there's always that. Um, so I've definitely had to learn that you're not gonna always get it the way you. You want it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if everybody understands the mission at hand, that that makes for a greater production, really. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, I can say, okay, well, I'll put that idea on the back burner because it doesn't make sense for right now. Um, and if somebody, if if one of the members of the collective is pointing that out to me, letting me know, and I have to take that for what it is, you know. Um, and trust that their vision also is good. I mean, I think. I think it's about understanding the mission, you know, yeah. like once you are clear on what your mission is, if it's something that doesn't align or doesn't make sense at that moment, then it's important to be aware of that. So y'all, y'all have like a very clear mission. Yeah, How, yeah. What's the what's the tagline? I'm making you do all the parts <laughs> rather than you do it today. So um, essentially it's it's uplifting and affirming the lives of black women. Um, and femme-identifying individuals across the gender spectrum Um, and being here for Black joy, always Mm -hmm. and always. That's just, those are the two main components. Yeah. Yeah. How did the, because those things, it's, I find it so much easier to make things as a team, like you said, when the vision is shared. Mm -hmm. Were there was that something that developed having kind of this very clear mission or was that from jump? Like, did someone say, this is what I want to make. Let's figure out how to make it. Um, It was kind of from jump only because the work that we all do individually is already kind mm-hmm. of focused in those things, in those areas. Yeah. Um, Black Utopia for me is about reimagining ideal space. Mm-hmm. And so instead of it being this problematic utopic space hmm. let's make it exactly what we want it to be mm. so it it doesn't have to be problematic it can be as cute as we want it to be <laughs> so you know like party noir is kind of within that utopic space idea for me 
it's tricky when you make those spaces and you put them out in the world, though, because things don't always go exactly as planned. They definitely don't, man. Especially when there's drinks from the promontory involved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we um, we try to make sure that we keep a keep very close knit with our community. Mm. We don't ever want to feel inaccessible in that space. Um, and we let the promontory staff know if there's ever a moment where one of our community members is, you know, questionable or whatever, you feel like you have to escort somebody or whatever, let us know first, you know, like keep us engaged in that process because we consider this to be our community. We've cultivated this and we need to protect it as much as we can. Um, And, but it's, it's tricky because you also are dealing with people, people, and, and, you know, a business. (laughs) I can't believe you're bringing this up. This is so crazy. What, Um, what makes you say that? Because I've been having this conversation for months, man, about yeah. people and spaces. That's the thing with utopia, and, and right? Is that's that the thing then with utopia. people and imagining? Because we talked last week, and we are we stay talking on the show about like when you imagine something and then you are making it. Often those two things happen at the same time, and you're mm-hmm. learning how to imagine it as you go. And Freedom Square being the example on my end that I yeah. go to, but I think Party Noir is another brilliant example of that. Um, and you have to learn. Like things don't play out. They don't. You can't anticipate mm-hmm. everything and you have to learn how to build those processes in real time. Absolutely. Um, I, I feel like spaces like Party Noir, you know, they they breed a lot of different energies yeah. and they, you know, invite a lot of different energies and different people. Um, and I think we're doing a very brave thing to take the the approach that we're taking to, you know, like nightlife industry, so to speak. Uh, But we're super protective over our space. So if there's moments where I I know for a fact that people are just out of line, I will get on the mic. (laughs) I will get on the mic. If you're not here for what we stand for, you can leave. And that's, you know, it's fine. Um, But unfortunately, I know that there are some not so safe people that come in our space. Right. Um, and trust and believe when I say I'm working on methods of eliminating yeah. the hell out of that. I don't because I don't I'm very passionate about my community and about keeping my space and my community as safe as possible. And I don't feel like I could continue to promote something like black joy and safe space and things like that without addressing it head on. Yeah. And having some kind of like you said, some kind of like concrete methods. Mm hmm. I wonder as it's something I think a lot about as a producer, um, when I have a very clear mission of what I'm making and then I make it and I get to see people experiencing what I intended, like there's some satisfaction in that, but also sometimes I'm not actually able to like feel the joy as one of the, as one of the makers, like in the middle of it, are you able to like this thing you're creating for other people, create it for yourself too? Not so like, at Party Noir, not really. Mm. Not really. Like, I feel that joy when I'm DJing. So it's, yeah. it's a different type of joy for me because I get to play the music that I want to play for the people that I love. Um, and so that's a different type of joy. But I always wonder, like, what would it be like if somebody else was throwing an equally as good yeah. event and I was to show up? Yeah. Like, what would that really, truly feel like? Yeah. I cannot step into an event now without being like 
Uh-uh. It's kind of the worst, right? Like <laughs> you so kind of can't have fun anymore it's ever. So hard. I'm so critical. You can like see out. the strings being pulled. Man, I went out last night and I was like, "This is horrible." You want to like, fire? You want to fire shots at so where you were? So hard, man. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just say this: I was at. Um, What's it rhyme with? I bar. <laughs> I was. At, <laughs> I was at Y bar for this. Uh, Beast room. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. It's like yeah. a freaking sausage party. <laughs> uh, but no, it was, I just, I get very critical as, yeah. as a person who facilitates now and, you know, have worked with brands and stuff like that. I get extremely critical. Um, and I'll be trying to enjoy myself. You know, I'll dance a little bit, but then I'm looking around and I'm like, this mm. is weird, you know? Yeah. Um, are you able to get there sometimes, though? Sometimes. It just depends yeah. on where I am. It depends on who's DJing. Yeah. Well, the um, music's such a huge part because, like... The music is top yeah. priority for me. And I know we have different relationships, too, but I'm just going to keep projecting my my shit no, onto do you. It. Do but, it. <laughs> <laughs> like, often for me, some of it is, like, I get stuck in that mode. But some of it is also, if I'm in that mode, I feel less vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason why I personally got into creating space is because that I always had a defined role in that space. I wasn't, I didn't have to be like the vulnerable participant. Uh, there was always a box to be moved and such. Yeah, I totally um, understand that. That Does that ring true? It rings very true. Um, I'm a Leo and, you know, some of our personality traits hold to be very true with me. <laughs> um, so oftentimes I like to be in charge. Uh, and yeah. so finding, being able to find a a space and uh, an event series that not just allowed me to be in charge and run it really, but to truly express myself as yeah. you know as freely as I chose to express myself and to be able to have that space for other people to do the same. Has it been tricky like learning how to do that in collaboration with Lauren and Nick? Um, not really. That's a beautiful thing. That's amazing. No, it hasn't. Like, I think that we are all very much ourselves with each other. Um, We're no holds barred Mm -hmm. with how we feel about something. Um, If we agree or disagree, it's made clear. And we come to what's best for the mission. And you you still get to control the music. I still get to control the music. I want to come back and talk. We'll talk about the music in a second, but first, let's actually hear some. Uh, did you hear this? The it's I'm not a big like mashup tape fan, mm. but they did this. Someone did this thing where they mashed up a bunch of um, chant songs with Kanye beats. It's called oh. Chance of the Dropout. Really? Definitely go check it out. Some of them are really good. Some of them aren't. We're going to play one of the good ones. This right. is, uh, it's Acid Rain, the lyrics ah, from that nice. over... Uh, the, the faithful beat, the common song. So definitely check out Chance to Drive By. You're listening to Ergo on WHPK, ergoradio.com. We'll be right back. Kicked off my shoes, tripped acid in the rain. Wore my jacket as a cape and my umbrella as a cane. The richest man rocks the snatchless necklace. Spineless bitches in backless dresses. Wore my feelings on my sleeveless. My weed seedless, my trees leafless. I miss my diagonal grilled cheeses. And back when Mike Jackson was still Jesus. Before I believed in not believing in Yeah, I ain't here, who believed in me not breathing in Cigarettes, they ain't smile, all covered in sin My big homie died young, just turned older than him I 
seen it happen, I seen it happen, I see it always He'd still be screaming, I see his demons in empty hallways I tripped to make the fall shorter Fall quarter was just a tall order And I'm hungry, I'm just not that thirsty As of late, all my verses seem not so versy And all my words just mean controversy Took the team up off my back like that's not your jersey Stressing, pulling my hair out, hoping I don't get picked All this medicine in me, hoping I don't get sick Making all of this money, hoping I don't get rich Cause niggas still get embodied for phones Sometimes the truth don't lie Sometimes the lies get millions of views Funerals for little girls, is that a feeling of you? From your cubicle, that's top, what a beautiful view I think love is beautiful too Building forts from broken dams, what a hoover could do For future hoopers, dead from Ruger, shooting through the empty alley Could've threw him an alley-oop, helping them do good in school Damn that acid burn when it clean, yeah I still miss being a senior And performing at all those open mic events Eyes closed, eyes closed, seeing arenas And I still get jealous of Vic And Vic still jealous of me But if you touch my brother All that anti-violent shit goes out the window Along with you and the rest of your team Smoking cigarettes to look cooler I only stop by to look through ya I'm only getting greedier And I'm still Mr. You Media can't find talent and I'm still choosing classmates that wouldn't fuck mom still thinks I should go back to school and Justin still think I'm good enough and mama Jan still don't take a meds and I still be asking God to show his face and I still be asking God to show his face I am a new man I am sanctified oh I am holy I have been baptized I have been born again. I am the white light. Rain, rain, don't go away. <laughs> that was As It Rain off of the Chance the Dropout mixtape. It's a mashup of a bunch of Chance lyrics over Kanye beats. What'd you think? As a, I, I, I like that one. As the resident uh, DJ of the day. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. That one was cool. Faithful is one of my favorite Kanye beats. Also one of my favorite common songs. Mm. So... As, that was a nice little. Oh, nice man, little. you know I uh, I miss the old Kanye. I do too. <laughs> we don't have to go I, too I far think, down I this think road. We but all miss the old Kanye, man. I think like of all the ways that the world is falling apart right now, that's one that like substantively it's like okay, I've been expect like whatever, right? But there's like an emotional level to me that it's just wrecking me. In terms of music, yes. Yeah. Um When Kanye started doing stuff like you know, saying and doing the things that he does with women and uh, saying saying and doing the things that he does with politics. Like, I just, I I saw a tweet the other day that said, um, some people, Kanye West is an asshole. Other people, Kanye West is mentally ill. And then it said, these things are not mutually exclusive of one another. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I was a like, great point. That's perfect. That's, that's perfect because, you know, what I know is that some people are just natural born assholes, and you know, there's going to be some <laughs> things that kind of like dig it up a little bit more. Oh, that's so um, funny. But I mean, you know, Kanye, we all know he's been through a lot. He's been in the public eye for a while. He dealt with some things in the public eye, so I get that. But you know. Yeah, but Chill still, out, come on, uh, yeah. Out, even beyond like the personal <laughs> stuff, just on the musical end, like on the musical end, it's and, still a little weird. And I think like even for me coming, being a transplant to the city, like that was his stuff was my biggest connection to Chicago before mm. I moved here. The first 
I'm going to touch this guy. The first album I ever bought with my own money, and I've said this on the show before, was College Dropout. Word. What was yours? First album? Okay, two. First album you ever asked someone to buy you, asked a parent to buy you or whoever. Second one, first album you ever bought with your own money. First album. So I might <clears throat> give my age away a little bit for those that don't know. Um, people think I'm so It was young. Ray Charles. It, like, right? how, old, how old are you <laughs> right, going to be? Come right. on now. No, so the first album that I think I bought, asked my mother or cousin to buy for me was um, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Okay. Um, I used to walk around singing first of the month and my mother would lose her <laughs> shit. She would lose it. And then that's a whole Did you ever story. ask to be known as Rizzy Bone? <laughs> nah, but I, I did have, I used to rap I used to make up raps and stuff. Time uh, out, time out, like, time out. I would make is up raps like, about like... Is this known in the world? Not so a little bit. Some people know this. Not that many people do. So whoever's listening to this now, you're going to learn some new shit. I mean, um, I got some instrumentals on here. I can't do it. No, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm like a closet I'm rapper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I used to make up raps about like stuff that I needed or stuff that I was doing at the moment. So nice. I would be like, Ma, can you button up my coat? I'm like, button this up for me. And like, I just, I'd be like rapping it and making raps about her button buttoning up my coat. <laughs> uh, and she loved it. She was so entertained by it. So Bone Thugs and Harmony. Mm-hmm. That was the first one you asked for. Mm-hmm. And the first one that I bought myself was Missy Elliott tape. Uh, which one was it? Uh, which one was it? I can't remember which one it was. It was in like... Early or late nineties, late nineties. These are some like that's a solid combination though. That's yeah. a solid verse too. Yeah, and that I bought that tape when I was in Atlanta. I went on a family trip. Um, I was with my sister and my dad. I think we were out there for somebody's wedding. Or Did something. they make you buy a clean version? Because my mom made me buy the clean version. I don't think so. I don't think so. If I was with my mom, she probably would have made me buy the clean version. (laughs) But I was with like parts of my family that I didn't spend that much time with. So like they did. They were just like, do what you want to do, right? So that was fun. I didn't have to get the clean version. I love that feeling when you're a kid and you're with someone who isn't your parent and you're like, oh, yeah, no, my mom says this is okay. This is fine. It's fine. fine. She's not going to. It's fine. She won't even have it. <laughs> so let's let's take it all the way back to uh to family. Where uh you're from where where in the city you from? Where'd you grow up? What's the So I'm from the yeah. west side of Chicago. Where I was? Uh K Town. Okay. And uh also lived kind of Humboldt Parkish area over off a of division in Keystone. Mm-hmm. Um that's the house that I remember the most really growing up in. Spent a lot of time in Maywood, had family out in Maywood. Um but what a lot of people don't know is that I also lived in St. Louis mm. for a nice chunk of my life. And I lived in Florida, Tampa, uh-huh. Florida, before I moved back to Chicago. What had you jumping around? Was it school um, family stuff? Family mostly, mm-hmm. yeah. So St. Louis uh, was a job transfer kind of thing. And then Florida was a divorce kind of thing. And my mom was like, come on, you're answer in Florida. So let's go see what that's like. Mm. And ended up staying down there for way too long. <laughs> Way so too long. How long you been back? How long ago was it that you came back to Chicago? Uh, I came though? back to Chicago in two thousand nine. Yeah. So let's say in those, in those various homes, uh, do you have specific memories? Like, what's the music being played, or like even outside the house? Absolutely. Like, Song wise, what are you hearing? Absolutely. So, St. Louis, obviously, outside of the house, it was a lot of a uh, cash money millionaires. Uh, and um, 
St. Louis music. Mm-hmm. So Nelly, you know, the whole, Nelly, like, all Nelly, of them. Murphy Lee, all, <laughs> Murphy Lee. Nelly, Murphy, all of them, all of Man, them. I gotta get him we on played, the show. We played, we played so much St. Louis music. Um, and so that was great. And like, you know, doing chicken head and all that stuff. That was St. Louis. But in the house, like, what did you in the house, listening to? In the house at that time, my mom was still listening to a lot of soul music. So mm-hmm. it would be uh, Patti LaBelle. Um, and my stepdad was listening to a lot of jazz. Mm-hmm. He's the one that got me into jazz as heavy as I am. Because um, that's all he would listen to. We hop in the car and this was when 95.5 was a thing in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So nothing but the jazz station. or And, and it you could catch it in St. Louis too. Um, or maybe they had one that was, but know, it was on the similar, same, but yeah. they had a dedicated jazz station. Yeah. And it was it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was smooth jazz, but I think that he listened to that, but then there would be like, he'll have CDs and stuff in the house that he would play sometimes. Were you playing music? Um, for myself, yeah. I was making mixtapes and stuff, um, giving them to friends, making them for myself, literally yeah. sitting, like literally people be like, you don't know nothing about making no mixtapes, you're too young. <laughs> but no, I very vividly remember going- We're to talking like, like on cassettes? Store. Yes, going to the store, getting blank tapes or having my mom get blank tapes <sighs> and- Yes, yeah, the timelines are getting very confused. Are you right. doing like pause tapes mm-hmm, here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm were literally having. Were you at Cool Herc's house in the no, basement? I was, What's I going was on at here? my house <laughs> with a tape play, a radio with a tape thing in it. Mm-hmm. And so I would be playing something on the radio and I would alternate between stations. Yeah. And I'd record something on the tape, whatever song I wanted. Damn. And I'd stop it. If it was a commercial, I didn't want a commercial, so I'd stopped it. And if the next song came on and I wanted it on the tape, I'd record it. Do you still have any of them? Nah, man. We moved too much. My mom yeah. never did very well at keeping up with that stuff. I have no idea where any of that stuff is. Um, it would be real have nice. a way of getting lost. Yeah, they do. And it, it really sucks, man. It really sucks because I've lost a lot of stuff mm-hmm. moving the way that I move. Um, but yeah, so that was music in St. Louis. And then uh, in Florida, in the house... Man, what was my mom playing in the house? My mom in Florida, actually in the house, was playing stuff like Corinne Bailey Ray, mm. Erica Badu. Um, she had kind of taken a little bit of a turn. She I was girl. like, oh, okay, I, I like this. <laughs> I like this. So my, my introduction to new Erica state, Badu mom, yeah. was my mom. Mm. Um, and she doesn't really listen to that stuff now. Like, and she listens to nothing but gospel. I'd be like, okay, girl. <laughs> um, that's all she listens to. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so in the house and like in my mom's car and stuff, it was the Korean Bailey Rays, Erica Badu, still some Patti LaBelle, mm-hmm. Alita Adams, Anita Baker's, Earth, Wind and Fire, stuff like that. Um, outside of the house, man, Tampa music is a very distinctive thing. So there was a lot of like Tampa Jook sounds. What's the, how does this fit? It's I'm assuming it's like dance music. It's yeah. dance music. It's definitely dance what's music. The, Not what's like the line dance, but it's, it's, it's pretty upbeat. It's like mm-hmm. a, it's not like a 120, but it's like a, like a body jug, almost like bopping, but not really. But not as, like not as, maybe not like as a cool. bop tempo, but not, it's. But minus all the things that make bop cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Tampa Jukin is a real, real unique, uh, unique thing. And um, people love it. I remember being in high school and it being like, 
huge and it's still a thing. Like mm. I came across a video on Facebook the other day because I'm still real cool with a lot of my homies in Tampa. Um, and I came across a video of it and I was like, oh man, this is so <laughs> interesting and so cool to see. Like it's it's a, like it's a bigger thing now yeah. because now we have this platform where we can share it for real. Um, Isn't it funny how we have like these kind of distinct musical lives? Mm-hmm. Like it's not like you've been through like m- that many right. eras. But even even in the slightest bit that I did, because I also remember like a lot of island music, mm. lots of dance hall and reggae, yeah. so much of it. Like here, when I came back and I wanted to go to a reggae party, it was fun. It was cool, but it was nothing like the ones yeah. in Florida. Yeah. They're so, man. <sighs> and in your mind, so were you fun. like culminating, like cultivating and gathering music at that point? Like, were you yeah. like, oh, I want to be engaged with no, this? No, I this definitely, I, I definitely was. So um, I, I was still doing mix CDs for mm-hmm. people. Um, and I was finding, this is when like- You were still plugging the turntables in, in the park. <laughs> <laughs> man, if I could have been alive during oh, that man. time, man, I, I wish that I could every day. Um, but yeah, I was making CDs for people. This one was when like- um, Kazaa and like LimeWire and stuff was out. Shout out to And Lime people Wire. would like uh, drop mixtapes and nobody would have access to them for real. Mm-hmm. So I would find these mixtapes and like all these <laughs> underground Lil Wayne records and like make CDs for people, like legit make CDs for people, I feel like $5, you know. Hell yeah, that's a good hustle. I feel like a sixth of LimeWire was Lil Wayne songs that didn't exist anywhere else. Right, right. And, and then the an, another sixth of it was songs that had been incorrectly labeled the Little Wayne mm-hmm. song and were just some random dude rapping. Mm-hmm. In his and, and because of who my mama was, I had access to a computer and mm-hmm. like she would go give me CDs. I was like, my, I need some CDs. She would go give me CDs and I would make mix CDs for my car, for the homies. That's a beautiful whoever. thing. Yeah. And then I started plan, planning like live show events mm. and stuff out there. I was doing music marketing. So this all kind of started all, in, yeah, in Florida. It picked up in Florida. Interesting. What, yeah. uh, do you have any like disaster stories from the early days when it all went wrong or like a party fell apart? Um, I want to say no because I didn't take responsibility for <laughs> much of that shit. Because <laughs> just because like it wasn't, they weren't my events. I mm-hmm. weren't. I wasn't really doing my own events at yeah. the time. I was like, but you were DJing. Mm-mm. Nope. I was actually trying to make beats. I had a lot Ooh. of homies that was making beats, and so I was. I was out here with my MIDI controller and you know my desktop, um, and I had Reason. I still to this day have my Reason um, program. What was your producer name? I, I was still right. Still right. I was still just right. Yeah. Did you have a drop? Like a little like No, so my homies, I think right before I left, mm-hmm. one of my homies was like, right, you gotta get you some drops, man. I made this, I made like two beats that I was super proud of. And I was sending them to homies and stuff. They was like, right, that's dope, man. You should put some some other stuff on it, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay, one day. And then I just I I got very, very, very in tune to getting the heck out of Tampa. Mm. And so like that was my mission. Yeah. So then I was just like working all the time. And what was driving to that? Do um, that you were like, I just can't be here. Knowing that I was a city girl mm-hmm. and Tampa was way too slow for me. Yeah. Way too slow for me. Um, like it was cool to get my feet wet there in the ways that I did. But like helping people put on shows at different venues and stuff out there. Um and that was like minimal. That was mostly college based because right. Tampa is like really, or at least it used to be really, really surrounded around University of South Florida. Um, and so 
that campus had a large community of Black folks, mm. uh, be them Greek or non-Greek, and they would throw events. And yeah. I just so happened to, you know, line up with a couple of people that were throwing the events. So that's what got my feet wet. But what really drove me to get out of Tampa for real was knowing that it was too slow for me. Mm. And I had started making these monthly trips to Atlanta. Mm. I got a new car and it was like up to par to drive and stuff. What, what kind like, of car? I had a Mazda. Ooh, Mazda 3. That was my fancy. Baby. That's the car actually I'm tr- dead ass trying to get I right now. I think I want that car again. That They're like kind of like sporty looking. Exactly. That's why I love it. Sporty, sexy. This episode it's has been brought to you by, by, by Mazda. Mazda. Hey guys, you want to send yeah, me a send car? A, yeah, nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> this isn't this isn't Oprah. For the right, record, you're right. not getting a car you're for being here. I apologize. It's okay. It's fine. I understand. I don't get much for being many. <laughs> I didn't even bring you days, water. So like no, I, I brought water myself, so it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Really, it's okay. But yeah, man. Um, I was taking these trips to Atlanta once a month with my best friend and. I was just like, you know, I don't know if I want to move to Atlanta per se, but I definitely know it's time to get out of Tampa. Um, So I quit my job. (laughs) And well, first I came here to, you know, like visit and stuff Mm -hmm. and see what I was going to be doing. I decided to come here to finish school. So I finished at Columbia. Um, And it was a very interesting first three years back in the city, man. Yeah. So what year is this? This is, let me see. I have to count. So I moved in 2009. Uh, this is year, what, seven? Yeah, so let, so you moved back here 2009. So you're here, you finished school 2012. So like things are just like about to explode, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2013 was a very great year for me. Mm. Twenty Between 2012 and 2013, those are what people might call my breakthrough years. <laughs> When you when you blew up, I wouldn't even. No, that ain't even when I, I blew I, up. I meant but, to do air quotes right. for the record. But that was like, I think that was when I really started to determine mm. what I was going to be doing here for real. Mm. What and like? What do you mean by that? Like, what are some of the clarifying moments? Mm, certain jobs that I've had, certain people that I've worked with, certain projects that I've tried to take on. Um, you know, like, like what? Just when I, so when I first got here, right. So when I first got here, I was like master networker, mm-hmm. like to the point that some people thought that I never left Chicago. Mm-hmm. They were just like, oh, yeah. we just haven't met you yet. Right. And there were plenty of people who thought that I had known people that I knew for years. Yeah. Um, Man, and this that's... was all through social media, though. Mm-hmm. Twitter was my best friend in 2008, 2009. So you were, were you seeing folks here online while you were still down there? Mm-hmm. So when I was in Florida, I was already doing the research. I was like, you know, who's making music? And because yeah. MySpace was kind of sort of still a thing. Right. And so people making music were on MySpace. Enough, yeah. um, God, it's so, so weird how that works. And they become like, at least it was for me when I was in college and I was somewhere else, but very t- tuned into folks here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that you know them, right? But you become kind of personally invested in them. Right. And you're following that. And it, at least for me, like there were a couple moments where I was like, oh no, I have to remember, I've literally never met this person right, before. Right, right. Yeah. For me, I knew that I wanted to come here and like get into some sort of music industry or scene. That was the goal. <coughs> and uh, so it was inevitable for me to mm. start connecting with the artists that were doing stuff in right. the city. So I would follow people on Twitter and like, 
if I like their music for real. You know, I was never gassing nobody. Right. Um, if I like their music for real, then I would, you know, follow it and keep up with them, go to their shows and stuff when I got here. Um, and just kind of really build these. And I still have good relationships with a lot of those people. Yeah. Um, some of the work didn't go as far as, you know, mm. maybe we planned or thought that it would go. But um, yeah, it's amazing how many of the things that you think are the thing. Right. Right. Are not the exactly, thing. Exactly. Exactly. I had a wake up couple wake up calls. What did you think was the I was the thing? like, oh, I want to go to Chicago and like help be a part of like, you know, birthing this music industry mm -hmm. um, for real and not even birthing it, but just kind of giving it a little bit more of a cohesive yeah. appearance or approach or attack or whatever. Because yeah. Chicago got the heat. Chicago right. got so much heat when it comes to right. music, man. But I feel like what started to wake me up for real was just seeing how divided we were. Mm. Um, and it was so unfortunate. And I was just like, and too, how shysty some people could be. People could be so shady, man. And so it was so unfortunate. Just, you don't have to name names, but I, I have to dig. We got time. I'm going to dig. Like, yeah, what, what, what are some of the so stories? So I was, there was this one point where like this girl had and like I believe that I can do anything that I say that I can do, mm -hmm. and that's just my reality. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm good at a lot of things, and that's not me. Like, no, it's that's just confidence. me genuinely yeah. knowing that I am good at a lot of things. And so I would like volunteer, or like not even volunteer, but just like try to help people with their shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, okay, cool. You got a magazine, you know, you want to launch or a publication or whatever. Cool. I'll, I'll write a piece for you, and da 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 da. And it's like. I think one thing that I hated was when people would not follow through with projects. Mm. So you're like doing all this work to like build this team and you want to have a meeting and you want to do this and you want to do that. And it's all for nothing. Yeah. And so like now you're just wasting my time. And it's one thing when you're doing that on your own. It's another thing when you're asking, when other, you're people asking other people and you don't have money for them. You don't have no money. I am a broke college student <laughs> who's grown Grown. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't have no money. And then it's not even something that we can continue to build on because yeah. you don't have no follow through. You don't have no real plan. And I, I can imagine how that like. That's frustrating. So that exists for everyone. And it's frustrating. I also think just from like the, the glimpses I've had into industry stuff, the way that those kinds of kind of crappy opportunities get handed to women is mm -hmm. so much mm -hmm. of these like, mm -hmm. well, you get your exposure type situation. Right. I'm, I'm cool on exposure. Right. I can You've expose been myself. <laughs> I've been exposed to a lot of things. So I, I could imagine uh, like how that could lead you to want to be making, starting to think about space, some of the ways that we, we, mm -hmm. we let off the episode talking about like, how did you get to the point, whether it was with music or otherwise, where you're like, you know, I can see the kind of rooms that I want to exist. Let me figure out how to make them. I think uh, that happened when I was trying to do like some event planning stuff in Florida, really. Mm. Um, a, I like being around people that make me happy. I don't, mm. I like, I love being around people that make me happy. Um, and I love seeing other people happy. That's one of my greatest joys is to like see other people happy. God, these are like these pure, like beautiful, beautiful things. I just yeah. love seeing people happy. And so like when I realized that I had a knack for like gathering people, even mm. in the smallest amount, I would host small dinner parties at my house for women. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? For the homegirls come through, I'm cooking. 
you know, literal dinner parties. We rent in a table because it's too many of us. You know, I got table cl- like. Were you cooking? Yes, I loved. What's cook. your What's your specialty? What are a couple things like the staples of of mm-hmm. Ray's cooking? Tacos. I okay. make a bomb ass taco. My nickname is uh, Confidential, but I make a bomb ass taco. Oh no! No 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 no! I'm throwing the 20 second timeout. You got me like right up to the edge, and all we had to do was dive in. Please take that dive with me. All right. So, um, <laughs> it's not even a year ago. Um, couple friends. I'd sent a picture. I was in Florida visiting my mom, and I sent a picture to a friend of mine, and it said Taco Ray. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they was like, "Oh my gosh, you're Taco Ray." You need a DJ drop that says Taco Ray. I need so a DJ drop bad. that says Taco Ray. Oh my god! Yeah. So, um, ergo, know. listeners, make that happen. Get yeah. on your reason. And get this on is your me Ableton. being very open because I feel like I'm gonna get cursed out about sharing this nickname <laughs> with the public, but you know. <laughs> It's cool. Well, I appreciate you opening for up. For sure, for sure. Uh, let's hear one more song, then we'll come back. Um, this is, when Damon's not here, I get to like make it as New York music-y as I want. <laughs> so we started with a couple of Chicago artists. Word. And um, the, the next one's a couple of New York people. Um, I'm a big Princess Nokia fan. Oh, uh, yeah, and like this one's featuring Wiki from Rat King, who mm-hmm. like I kind of rediscovered this week. And I'm just a really big uh, fan. So this is called Greenland. Have you heard either of their stuff it. a bunch? Um, I've listened to Princess Nokia stuff. Word. So uh, I feel pretty good putting on a DJ a little right. bit. Right. I, I love when my friends play music. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're listening to Ergo WHPK, ergoradio.com. Don't nobody got a phone We gon' kick it in the park And we ain't never going home Call it cooking home alone While I'm smoking on the bone New York City is my throne And I love to call it home Sandy Denim 1995 I be rolling them Out up on the side With my Tommy boxes Or my Calvin Klein Ooh baby, ooh baby I love to get fly I speak that guala guala, that peso pounded dollar, that uchi walla walla, Puerto Rican mama mama, come holla at your guala, they hootin' and they holla, that plot to no banana, roll my weed in my fanta. I speak that guala guala, that Spanish hoochie mama, that Puerto Rican drama, that fuck you pay me none of. I care about my karma, I got a code of honor, I smoke the bestest weed, shout out my plugin' farmer, I speak that mira mira, that mira oye linda, that vini quimijita, tu eres mi chiquita, I grew up in the projects, when Nancy stands in hall, the ghetto has no sensor, and I done seen it all, 
That's why I see your cause and I see your flaws. But I see that you a G and yeah, you be a boss. Hood chick with some rave tricks, you get either or. Could spin it on my main chick, no, she need a dawn. So I'ma leave her alone, ice cream in the cone. Leave her in the LLB with baggy jeans is on. And you know me, I be in leaves with some sneakers on. Preferably clouds when the rest of them slides, slides. Just know, destiny rides by me blowing. Sets in the sky to be acceptably high. One in the same place, took a minute to find you. I'm trying, but you try and say my time's up. And I've lied enough, I haven't tried enough. So I gotta say some shit before this rhyme's up. That's my love, my thought, my drug. When I'm born, make my mind up. Seggy Dinner, 1995, I be rolling them L.O. on the side with my. Princess Nokia off the of project 1992. I really like her. I like Princess Nokia. She's cool. She's fun. I've seen a couple uh, interviews. They made this, Fader made this documentary recently. I'm not like a big, as I mentioned earlier when we were off mic. Uh, there's a whole school of thought that nothing's real until you make a documentary right. about it, um, especially dance crazes. Mm -hmm. But I, they, it was actually a really nice kind of like portrait of uh, of who she is and what she's making. So definitely check that out. Uh, that concludes the Daniel's Obsessed with New York Artists <laughs> portion. I uh, <laughs> I was just telling you, we're doing these gigs in New York. Uh, when we go on tour, cut the check, get at us, ergoradio at gmail.com if you want to bring us to your college. Um, and I posted on Facebook, just like, which New York artists are you, have you been checking out? Have you been listening to? And I had a feeling this was going to happen, but there was like a squad of kind of like a SWAT team of Chicago people who descended in an instant. Mm. And, uh, the thread was brought to a complete standstill. Mm. Uh, Nate Marshall wrote just Chicago as an artist. Uh, there was a, a whole, a, a whole chain. So, you know, this is this is this is the trade-off to being part right. of such a beautiful, rich, artistic community. Right. It's like take us everywhere. <laughs> everywhere you go, we go. We go, which we is the go. name of our mixtape. Look at that. You're so good. You are it's like you've uh, been on the radio before, I mean, which you know. I know I know you have. You in addition yeah. to all the other kind of space making thing we've talked about, you've done some podcasting and mm -hmm. some some radio stuff. Yeah. Kind of like what where where does that fit into all this? What what have you made? What is exciting to you about about that form and this this if, medium? It fits a lot into uh, my community building. Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, it was started a podcast with my good friend Nicole maybe three years ago now podcast at gang. this point. Podcast gang man, but like three years ago we started this podcast, um, WSTS Radio, and we had two segments on it. The corner. Mm -hmm. And that was a topical discussion with myself and Nicole. We bring on guests um, and talked a lot of things Chicago. Um, and the other segment was Afros and Ceramic Fruit, <laughs> which is Art Talk. Don't take the name because if you do, I'm coming for the head. That is such I'm an coming incredible for the head. name. Afros and Ceramic Fruit. Oh, that is incredible. Yeah. Best friend Keisha holding it down. I'm retiring ergo. We're never going to come up with anything as good as that. That is incredible. Yeah. So that was that was a couple segments on our on our show. And, um, you know, time constraints, man. Time, mm -hmm. time, yeah. time. No, it's the main reason that we stopped doing it. Um, but it still lives. We still have all of our episodes up. People can still find them. People can still find them. It's on a platform called Spreaker. Mm -hmm. um, and you might be able to still find them on iHeartRadio because we were on iHeartRadio right, too. Like a, like, yeah. a, like a real Yeah, we, you know, we went in there and was like, 
Yeah. <laughs> do, you, um, do you miss it at all? Like I do. Like, I miss yeah. it so much that I teach it to students. What do you mean? Um, where, are you, where are you teaching? So I teach podcasting to students in Lawndale mm. over at Home and Square. Yeah. Where, uh, in the tower. Yeah, the original the Sears from, Yeah, the original Sears Tower across from where Freedom Square took place. Um, and... I do that through School of the Art Institute Continuing Studies Department. Mm. They have, uh, they're working on really kind of bringing some art programs to the West Side. Yeah. Um, and they're in that space right now. So that that's cool. That's fun. It's great to connect with students in that way. It's great to connect with the West Side in that way. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy teaching them podcasting. I love hearing what they have to say. Kids love to talk. They love to talk and it's put like a microphone in front put a microphone in front of them you know tell them that they could do something different with all of that that they have to say the thing that I was thinking about recently and part of why I think this and this is going to get like a little navel gazy for a second because we're talking on radio talking about radio but part of what I think is unique about this medium is that like those kids listen to the radio. They know the radio. Mm-hmm. They have personalities on the radio they like. They have people who they... Mm-hmm. They have stations they tune into. Yeah. And so thinking about like... As opposed to other kind of like... White savory type... Nonprofit things where they come in and they're like... We're going to explore glass blowing, Which could be really dope. I right. want to take away from the glass blowers out there. But like this is a thing that folks actually already have a relationship to as a medium. Exactly. And you could create... Like if we're if we're gonna dream about our utopias for a second, mm-hmm. I want to like imagine a pipeline of kids into whether it's commercial or nonprofit radio because it's actually a medium that they're like engaging with, familiar they with, have, have access to it. They they know so much about radio. That was and one me, of the yeah. most important things um, when they started this program. I actually had a lot of conversations with a lot of people um, that were in charge. And on the back end of starting this program Mm. um, and just let them know, you know, I understand what kind of institution this is, but this you can't just like force this stuff on these kids. They have to be familiar with it. It has to feel good to them or otherwise they're not. It it won't happen. How how receptive were they to that? And how did it did? Were you able to kind of shape this as a space shaper? I think I played a large role in space shaping mm. over there. And I hope that I can continue to do that. But there have been a lot of transitions on the back end. So yeah. I don't really know what it's you know, going to continue to look like. But I feel like um, I'm trusted enough by the people there to lend my opinion and they take it, you mm. know, take some heed to it. In that, uh, I'm just, I'm thinking about going back to something we talked about earlier in the episode about how when you're in the role of space making, you can't necessarily feel the joy that you're giving to other people. Mm-hmm. And whether it's teaching or, you know, when I see you DJ, you look so at home there. And, you know, if it, it just looks so correct. Like yeah, it, it fits. It, um, I kind of want to start asking people this more and more, maybe as a week to week thing, but like, mm-hmm. where are you, where are you finding joy these days? I'm finding joy in my solace, like in, mm. in my solitude and in my, sol- like I find joy when I get to go and be in my own space and like be in my own world with my vinyl records mm. in my cozy little studio apartment. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where I find joy. Does um, the, does the solace. And I find joy in those kids, man. Those kids right. are so, hey, Miss Ray, you know, they come in class right. and they're like, oh, I got such and such program. And they could easily go home after mm-hmm. that. But even if they're late, they're coming 
to my program. Yeah. I don't know if it's because they like me or just don't want to go home, but either way, that makes me feel great. There's a consistency. There's to a it. consistency to it, and that makes me feel great. Um, so I find joy in those things. But going back to the solace thing for a sec, I'm gonna forget forget like the the the, the feel good thing of the right. of the kids. Uh, I have a feeling if you're there, the kids will be all right. But I want to stick on the solace thing. Does being alone for you inherently mean that there's music playing? No. You're like able because that's it's a challenge. It's a balancing act for me of mm-hmm. like. Am I really letting myself like sit in how I'm feeling, sit in this moment, exactly. be present if I don't have the distraction, whether it's a podcast or music? Exactly. Going. I don't I love silence mm. as much as I love music and sound and like experimenting with sound. I love silence. Like anybody that has spent a significant amount of time around me, they probably realize that I don't play music off mm. rip as much as some people might think that You're I not do. like begging for the ox. Right. I'm not like, hey, play this, play this. Give me. I don't like, I love music. I listen to it. I still feel like I listen to it all day though. You yeah. know what I mean? I still feel like I never stop listening to music, but there's, I have such a great appreciation for like solitude mm. and silence. That's a beautiful I, thing. I don't, I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. I really don't, but I have such a great appreciation for it. It's like, it's like healing for me. And it's a great balance to the, like the, the, the kinetic frantic energy yeah. of the party. Yeah. And and because it's a great balance, but it's a whole different type. It's still like, it's still very joyous for me. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. still very, I love to see the energies and like people like care, you know, like what I'm wearing to party noir, you know, or who I'm going to see, who's going to the party this month. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like those things make me very, very happy because it's a it's a joyful feeling to know that I'm a part of cultivating such a necessary space. Yeah. 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 And so for those who are feeling it necessary as we get ready to get out of here, uh I, I put it on the on the website, but y'all are doing an incredible New Year's Eve thing at the Provincetory. Yes, yes. Real quick, like what's the what what's the plug? All right, so real quick, quick plug, <laughs> shoot you to deets. Um <laughs> All right, so uh obviously New Year's Eve and we are known for our day parties, but this is not a day party. The Promontory trusted us with their New with Year's their Eve. With their New event. Year's night party. That's and so, small. Right, deal. right. And so we're structuring pretty much the whole thing with their help. Um Red Bull came in, gave us a cute little budget for an artist. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, like it's it's real cute. And for <laughs> for a nice little hot little $75. Okay. Little with, $75 that's with the bar? ticket. That's look, $75 ticket. I'm about to tell you what it mm-hmm. includes right now. Two and a half hours of open bar, top show. Boom. Boom. Champagne toast at midnight. Boom. Boom. Uh pass hors d'oeuvres for like an hour and a half. Boom. And bomb hors d'oeuvres. Too. I'm talking chicken wings, fries, like good stuff. Boom, from boom, the boom, promontory. Boom, 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 boom. From the promontory, fam. And um uh amazing layout of entertainment for the night. And uh some good music from some you, one might good say. Good music from your friendly neighborhood, DJ Ray Chardonnay, <laughs> the cutie that makes you move your booty. Oh, this <laughs> These is are the so nicknames good. that I have. Um and I, we're about to run out of time, but where else, if let's say they have their New Year's plans of being lame, they're out of town, whatever. Right. Where if else can people stay up if on you? If you're there uh, for holidays, Afrofuturistic, my my heart and soul party, underground basement party on the 22nd or the 23rd. Um, anything Kwanzaa, we're doing super group stuff. Right? It's so much, man. So I just suggest following me on what's your, Instagram. What's the, is one what's of the, the best 
places, DJ Ray, R-A-E, Chardonnay, like the white wine. Just like the Just white like the wine. white wine. <laughs> follow, uh, follow Ray there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back, I believe, next week with another strong young voice from Chicago and beyond. Damon, you're fired. I got this now. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, thank you so miss much you, for being Damon, here. Miss you, Damon. Miss you, Damon. Keep doing the work, bro. Absolutely. Peace. Peace.